This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. In the middle of June this year, temperatures in several parts of Uttar Pradesh had ranged between 42 to 47 degrees Celsius. Around the same time, the media reported that in Balia and Deoria districts of Uttar Pradesh, 119 people have died from heat-related ailments, attributing the number to the local news reports and health officials. A district health official who earlier said that heat could be a cause was transferred, sparking a political row. Meanwhile, the UP government refused to accept that the deaths have been caused by a severe heat wave. But how do we know that someone has died of a heat-related ailment? How is it determined in patients with comorbidities? Hi, I'm Sneha Richaria, and you are listening to the Suno India Show. After watching all that was being covered on heat wave deaths, I was curious about how heat wave deaths are actually reported. What evidence is sufficient to call a death as a heat wave death? To seek answers, I went to the Noida District Hospital near my house. The hospital lobby was crowded with patients standing in queues outside the designated rooms of doctors waiting for their turns. As I waited for Dr. Dinesh, who was supposed to speak to me, I spoke to a nurse at the hospital. I asked her if she saw any patients with heat-related ailments. She said not many patients have come with such complaints. Delhi and places closer to Delhi have had relatively cooler summer. After waiting for half an hour, I was directed to Dr. Abhishek Sharma, who is an emergency medical officer. I spoke to him about what is meant by heat-related ailments. सबसे पहले कि जो कोई भी हीट स्ट्रोक का केस जब आपको मिलता है तो उसको कैसे आप जनरल फर्स्ट एड रिस्पांस क्या होता है फर्स्ट एड हम पेशेंट के वाइटल चेक करते हैं पेशेंट स्टेबलाइज है या नहीं बाकी उसके जनरल सिम्टम्स देखते हैं कि कई बार पेशेंट आता है एक्सेसिव स्वेटिंग के साथ और बीपी बहुत डाउन होता है शॉक में होता है तो हमारा फर्स्ट एड रहता है उसका सबसे पहले उसको बॉडी फ्लूड्स उसके मेंटेन करा जाए वाइटल्स मेंटेन करा जाए उसका क्या कहते हैं देखा जाए कि उसको क्या कहते हैं स्किन टर्गर देखा जाए डिहाइड्रेशन है या नहीं पेशेंट को देखा जाए उसको हम ट्रीट करते हैं परिवारे बाकी पूछते हैं कि एक मतलब उसकी हिस्ट्री पूछते हैं कि क्या कब हुआ कैसे हुआ पेशेंट क्या काम करते हुए हो रहा था या उस तरीके से He explained that people with any underlying conditions who die after a heat stroke death are considered heat wave deaths but in case of severe comorbidities ascertaining the case of death can be confusing He says that if a high risk diabetic patient dies of heat stroke determining the actual cause of death might be difficult मतलब cause of death में mainly इसमें तो हम अब exactly उस समय बता पाना कि heat wave से हुआ है या नहीं हम mainly लिखेंगे इसमें मतलब कार्डियक अरेस्ट करके लिखेंगे क्योंकि मेन हर मतलब डेथ का रीजन तो कार्डियक अरेस्ट ही होता है तो उसमें हम क्योरी करके लिख सकते हैं हीट स्ट्रोक वगैरह नीचे अंडरलाइनिंग में तो अंडरलाइनिंग कंडीशंस में आप लिख देंगे कि ये क्योंकि एकदम से बता पाना कि सिर्फ उसी से ही हुआ है दो डॉक्टर अभिषेक स्पोक टू मी फ्रीली द चीफ मेडिकल ऑफिसर वाज रिलेक्टेंट टू टॉक टू मी पॉसिबली बिकॉज़ ऑफ द कंट्रोवर्शियल ट्रांसफर ऑफ द बलिया डिस्ट्रिक्ट हेल्थ ऑफिसर Certifying cause of death is controversial in India. This was seen even during 2020 and 2021 when there were allegations about many government institutions not certifying covid deaths, especially those who suffered from comorbidities such as diabetes etc. This despite guidelines. We are seeing a similar reluctance in UP to understand about this issue more. I spoke to Abhyan Tiwari 
who is a lead climate resilience and health consultant at the Natural Resources Defence Council or NRDC. So, uh, Abhin, my first question is, uh, how does the Indian government medically certify a heatwave death? Hi, first of all, thank you so much, Neha, for uh, inviting me to this important talk. So, how does Indian government, not Indian government, but uh, the Indian health system, or I should say, uh, health and Family Welfare Department, it's their responsibility to uh, certify heat-related deaths and not just heat-related deaths, but all deaths, right? How do they do that? Um, in past, heat was not considered uh, and wasn't certified in the cause of death. You know, that it wasn't that important, but recently it has become an important issue and the, the ministry has taken cognizance of it. And, and had started certifying the cause of death for heat-related deaths also, and not just deaths, but also cases like uh, morbidities as well. So, uh, Ministry of Health and Fel uh, Family Welfare, uh, under them, uh, there is this department called NCDC, National you know, Center for Disease Control. They have uh, developed a guideline, not guideline, I should say it, a plan, it's a national plan for heat-related illnesses through which they are strengthening the health system. Uh, you know, the PHCs, the CHCs, the district hospitals, the medical and paramedical staff in identifying and reporting the heat-related illnesses and deaths, particularly the heat, the heat stroke deaths uh, and cases. So that guideline has very clear, you know, instruction on how to, uh, you know, uh, investigate a heat-related case particularly heat stroke cases, and how to certify that as a heat-related case or death. So those guidelines are there. They were developed very recently, I should say, just before COVID. Uh, states across the country are being trained for that, all the districts and uh, all the hospitals, government hospitals primarily, uh, and the health centers are being trained, the doctors are being trained on how to use that, uh, you know, guidelines or plan. And, and the the protocol for uh, using that, you know, mechanism to certify a heat-related case or death. Okay. Uh, you spoke about some some mechanism, some guideline that the government has. Uh, and this, I believe, is on paper, which is like, you know, fully developed uh, instructions on how to actually certify or write that somebody has died of a problem caused by heat, heat, heat stroke. But... Uh, I uh, sort of came across by speaking to a couple of doctors and visiting uh, a hospital, in fact, that, uh, you know, especially at a time when there is actually a heat wave going on, what we saw in past weeks in Balia and a couple of other UP and Bihar districts, that people started dying because of heat and uh, doctors then become a little, uh, you know, reluctant to certify those deaths, uh, especially the ones with comorbidities, right? People also come with other kinds of problems. So, uh, I mean, you know, while certifying heat stroke deaths, uh, people certify somebody as being dead because of uh, heat and still the person has comorbidities. What do you have to say about this? Because what I'm trying to say is it becomes a little unclear. And what is the actual cause of death? Yeah, you're right, actually, and I won't say uh, I won't call it a reluctance, but I will. I would call it uh, a delay because of uh, uh, you know actually identifying the cause. See, heat can be a triggering factor. For example, what happened in COVID? COVID 
was a triggering factor. We all know that uh, most of the people uh, who died during COVID also were those who had comorbidities or had, uh, you know, underlying health conditions, poor health conditions or are, you know, uh, of old age. So uh, that becomes an important factor in heat also. You know, uh, the classical heat stroke cases that we call, uh, you know, exertional heat, uh, heat or, or the heat stroke cases, that's just 10%, nearly 10% of all the people that might die because of heat across the globe, right? Rest of the uh, heat-related, you know, deaths are, hap are uh, do happen in people with existing comorbidities and, you know, uh, people with old age. So their underlying health conditions get deteriorated because of the heat stress that they are exposed to even indoors. They need not to go outside or, you know, they may not exert themselves or expose themselves to the outdoor temperatures, but even indoor temperatures during summer, which goes like really high, uh, that also can put their, uh, you know, a body at stress. Uh, uh, you know, for example, people with uh, chronic renal uh, diseases, people with uh, uh, congestive heart diseases. So their underlying conditions gets deteriorated during uh, uh, extreme summer or extreme, uh, you know, temperature days. Yes, it is a challenge to identify those deaths uh, and, you know, to certify those deaths as heat-related death because, uh, you know, uh, there are very limited uh, clinical uh, you know, uh, uh, clinical biomarkers that you can, you know, uh, that you can relate with uh, death. So any death happening because of congestive heart uh, cardiac failure will be called a congestive cardiac failure death. But what caused or what triggered that congestive cardiac failure? Was that heat or was that something else? It becomes difficult. In that case, you know, uh, we can talk about one and one death, but when we talk about epidemiologically, you know, when we talk about in sense of outbreak, we can relate, yeah, that, you know, there was an extreme heat spell going on and then a lot of people got succumbed uh, uh, and came up with, uh, you know, uh, an average number of uh, uh, emergency visits got, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a spike uh, uh, that we saw in the average number of emergency visits. Uh, or the IPD admissions or uh, ICU admissions. So that can be epidemiologically correlated uh, with, uh, you know, the hazard or with the exposure uh, in that, in this case, with heat. Uh, but that same happens in, in, in cold season also, now that we don't see that extreme cold spells uh, because of the global warming. But yeah, that's how uh, it can be correlated. It, it is difficult, not just for India, across the globe, to certify each and every death as a heat-related death until and unless you cannot clinically prove it with, you know, uh, clinical investigations being done uh, that can prove that, you know, these are the biomarkers uh, uh, and these are the pathological investigations or other investigations that can support the the diagnosis or cause, the, cause of death. Triggering factor could be heat, but that's all, you know, uh, a physician's... Uh, expertise, uh, clinical expertise that they can suggest about. But that has to be backed by the clinical investigations and pathological, uh, uh, you know, uh, evidences if you want to certify it uh, because there are a lot of uh, uh, other, you know, uh, uh, other things that are also associated with disaster-related deaths if we call heat as a disaster.
As per the 2022 civil registration system numbers, only 22% of the deaths are registered in the country. I asked Abhyant about the extent to which the heat stroke deaths are registered. So certifying a death with cause is still uh, still remains as a big challenge. And in that too, if we talk about heat, you know, certifying deaths uh, of heat stroke becomes another uh, you know bigger challenge because heat stroke is not something like road uh, you know roadside road traffic accident or uh, let's say you know injuries uh, in in case of cyclone or earthquake that are easily uh, that could easily be certified as i mentioned earlier that heat stroke uh, if it is classical it's easy to identify but if it is not classical it's not exertional and if it is you know uh, uh, heat stress that causes you know uh, the underlying situations uh, underlying health conditions get uh, deteriorated uh, then it becomes difficult to certify them as a heat related or heat stroke related or heat related death uh, or case uh, uh, to answer that but yeah it remains a challenge but eventually we are trying to improve on that um, uh, and let's hope even uh, states are encouraged to uh, report uh, heat stroke cases and deaths uh, online yeah and uh, you're already pointing out towards this as a problem you know uh, recording individual deaths caused by heat wave um, i also wanted to uh, understand uh, you said that you know there there are guidelines there there are uh, ways to classify it and to classify and count or record these deaths uh, but how are these developed and i came across uh, you know this document of the up government which says that there has to be a three member committee which has to do this death investigation after which the death will be classified or certified as a uh, death caused by heat wave so how is it developed uh, first of all uh, health is a state subject right so every state still has their own authority on whether they want to uh, you know Uh, in what way they want to deal with uh, heat uh, in health system right so some of the states do have these kind of committees which are uh, for example uh, even not even states but cities also do have such kind of committees for example nagpur also has such committee uh, under nagpur heat action plan where uh, uh, a committee of medical uh, you know experts will certify uh, a heat related death uh, uh, a suspected heat related death so when a heat a death is you know uh, been reported as a suspect heat related death their cases their you know uh, their uh, reports their medical you know file goes to those doctors and they do a thorough investigation they uh, do uh, autopsies verbal autopsies as well uh, with the family of the succumbed Uh, if available, if the contacts are available, and there is a process that states can set up on their own to identify and certify a heat-related death uh, through such committee. Yeah, and uh, I mean, how big is this problem? You are already indicating that you know uh, we still don't know if there is an individual, let's say, somewhere in MP or Gujarat, uh, dying because there is extreme heat visibly, but the, there is there are not no large number of deaths. so how big is this problem i would say this problem is much bigger than we are visualizing it and we are you know uh, seeing it currently what we are seeing is just what is visible to us but it is much bigger problem uh, it will 
the reason being i'm saying that is uh, we are seeing the situation when we are just above 1.1 degree celsius above the you know uh, uh, 1.1 degree celsius uh, warmer than the pre industrialized area uh, era and uh, we already crossed the 1.5 degree uh, 1.5 degree uh, threshold uh, at one point even in this year recently but there will be time when the entire year would be higher you know 1.5 degrees celsius higher than the um, the uh, average uh, temperature of industrial era uh, which we were assuming to control before the end of the century but we won't be able to so the warming is happening at much larger i mean at much uh, you know faster pace and at much larger scale the areas which were earlier which have earlier never seen warming are now seeing the warming you know i remember in my childhood uh, when i used to go to northern states uh, you know in hill stations i remember once i went to masuri and in a hotel i asked for i mean i didn't see a fan in the hotel and i asked the hotel manager uh, why don't you have fan he said if you require the fan i'll i'll, I'll pay you the amount that you have paid uh, for room reservation you will not require the fan and that was true we didn't require the fan at that time but now there are acs in the hill station so you can imagine you know the conditions that we are exposed to uh, problem is that we are still not able to uh, recognize it as much as we should do particularly for the vulnerable communities uh, there you know like we call it double burden of disease they have double burden right they it, it, it is uh, a trade off for them whether they should uh, you know uh, you know put themselves at risk for the bread and butter or lose the bread and butter uh, during summer so it's a bigger challenge for them i'd say uh, i think we need to find out ways particularly to protect our vulnerable communities because they are the one who will suffer the most who are suffering the most and will suffer the most uh, because of this rising temperature uh, i mean i i can't even imagine i have seen uh, i have heard the stories of rag pickers and you know slum dwellers but particularly rag pickers how difficult it is they cannot even they have to go out and work and when they go out and work and when they are you know it it gets difficult and if they have to stand under a shade if they are you know just just standing under somewhere someone's house's shade during afternoon people see them as thieves and you know just call them and you know, ask them to run away you know uh, they don't have refrigerator forget about refrigerator many of houses do not even have pots they are putting their water in a plastic bottles and plastic vessels that gets hot right they cannot even imagine drinking a hot water in hot summer it's it's very difficult <laughs> uh, yeah uh, the the problem is much larger than we see it's much larger yeah ab- absolutely and uh, this also brings me to think about uh, the adaptation policy which uh, you know uh, we know how how important it is to have some uh, some data some comprehensive data to develop uh, a policy and uh, uh, you know we we all need, we, we all know that you know we need some comprehensive data some some data on heat related deaths so how uh, difficult it is for uh, for us or for for us as a country to achieve that data set i think it's not difficult uh, what is required is a determination right uh, 
we have we have strategies to do that what we require is determination and resources um frankly speaking our health system is burdened it's is much burdened uh uh and i sometimes feel also under resourced uh, we spent hardly you know uh 1% 1 to 2% of our gdp on health as compared to much you know larger amount that the developed countries spend on it so maybe we need to spend more uh to have more resources both human uh infrastructural and technical resource in our system health system so that they can do this job more efficiently it's not that we don't have uh tools and guidelines on how to do that we have that but it's not been done efficiently because of the lack of resources if that is been ensured then this problem of data from health side at least can be you know addressed and we don't just need uh, data on health for heat heat vulnerability mapping uh, or risk assessment uh, is not just about health systems vulnerability or risk assessment it's about all systems so we need to understand uh, more about our cities because urban uh, you know centers are more vulnerable to heat as compared to rural because of the another added urban heat island effect uh, which enhances the risk of urban areas as compared to rural uh there we need to understand how different wards or different zones in the urban areas are you know differently vulnerable or at uh, are at different risk to extreme heat conditions and for that we require you know information on what's the population density in particular area or wards or zone uh, what's the green cover area what's the water supply what's the health center you know uh, access to health center uh what are the distribution of vulnerable uh, communities for example how many slum areas are there or slum counts are there in a particular ward uh what's the you know uh, demographic distribution in a particular ward uh, ward those informations we do have from our census also like some of these but those informations are also required uh, to assess the vulnerability or risk of uh, you know urban areas of uh, uh, towards extreme heat so these informations are available what we require is uh, is maybe you know some more resources uh, or some more trainings uh, and definitely determination uh, to do this